is one potential breakout receiver in the NFC West going undervalued in FFPC drafts. What early round NFC North running back is one to avoid this season? And who will be the talk of the 2022 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship drafts this weekend? Plus, former KFFSC football guys and FFPC multi-league champion Jay Reed and KFFSC lead crusher Stacy Perez will join me as we broadcast live from Caesars, Southern Indiana at the 2022 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship live events. We've got a great show for you. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Stay on the pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour brought to you by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. We are broadcasting live from Southern uh, Caesars, Southern Indiana, here at the 2022 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship live events. We got a lot of stuff to get into. This is the last episode we have until uh, the start of the NFL season. So make sure that uh, you're soaking up everything we can, both for me, well, not so much me, but our guests tonight who really have it all together. Um, before we get into that, I do want to remind you everything that's going on with the FFPC right now. Main event drafts uh, filling up every day. Um, the two-hour slow drafts will come to an end soon. Six-hour uh, drafts, slow drafts are already done, but live events are going off uh, each and every day. Um, until the start of the NFL season. I think we got a 10 o'clock tonight. We got an 1130 tonight. Definitely hop into those multiple football guys drafts, well over a dozen of those going on every single day right now going forward as well. Um, so if you want to take your shot at a million in the main event or $500,000 grand prize in the football guys players championship, now is the time to do it. The 2022 FFPC best ball tournament is uh, almost 70% full. And it's a $200,000 grand prize this year, ladies and gentlemen. Um, only $125 to enter. And, of course, the Superflex Best Ball 2 tournament, $10,000 will go to the winner. Just $35 bucks to enter that. That is going to fill up shortly as well. Dynasty Startups, today is the last day for slow drafts. Uh, we might have a couple of slow drafts going on tomorrow, but it's pretty much live clocks after this, 60-second clocks on those. So if you still want to formulate a Dynasty Squad or two, make sure you're doing that um, with uh, at myffpc.com. Get a ton of options available for you there as well. And if you want to play in a slow, a slow uh, uh, live league, classic, best ball, Terminator, varsity, whatever you'd like, um, close 12-team league, we have those at myffpc.com. And there's still time to enter the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com right now as well. You can sign up for any of the online main events that are going off each and every day until the start of the season. And as far as the FFPC YouTube channel goes, make sure you're liking, commenting, subscribing, um, and getting that notification bell. Uh, the more traffic that this channel gets, the better and more content we can put out. Thanks to myself, Farrell Elliott, uh, Dave Terpoli, and all the other contributors to this FFPC YouTube channel. No Farrell Elliott tonight as he is hard at work running the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship live events. We're just in the shadows of Louisville, Kentucky here at Caesar Southern Indiana. We'll be here all weekend doing auctions, doing drafts. I just completed a draft 
uh, right now. Actually, I, I, I ran out of time and I left it in the capable hands of Chad Schroeder, who's picking my last two picks for me, just a kicker in defense. Um, and then we'll do an auction uh, coming up uh, later tonight as well. A guy who also has not drafted uh, so far this week uh, weekend, and we want to bring him in right now. We missed him last year, but I want to bring him in, ladies and gentlemen. He's had a lot of success over the years. He claimed double-digit titles in the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and Satellite Leagues in the FFPC and KFFSC as well. We wanted to have him on last year. We're having him on this year. You know him as the co-host of the Chasing the Helmet podcast. You follow him on Twitter at Packers153. Welcome back onto the show, Jay Reed. Jay, so last year it was a little bit difficult. We, we couldn't get you on, but how are you liking Kentucky so far this year? It's great, Balky. I'm here. It's good to be alive and well and join you guys. Uh, yeah, I had a. I was supposed to be on this year, uh, I, I, exactly a year ago today. Uh, yep. But uh, hospitalized here in Kentucky. I had a, not to go into it, but alive and well and good. Uh, good to see you. But uh, I see you lost that lost the beard there. All <laughs> gone. Look, All <laughs> gone. You look years younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was we did we did recognize the host here. Yeah, we did a live main event um, podcast um, with myself and Dave Turfoli on Wednesday night, and that was the first time I debuted the clean-shaven, non-caveman bulk man. Um, and and it's been good so far. Um, so so excellent. So Jay, um, tell the listeners um, what are you doing for Kentucky this week? You doing some big paybacks, some main events. What's the schedule like for you? Yeah, it's uh, well uh, today. Uh, I flew in today, you know, one day early. I always do that. You never know with the flights today. But we have uh, four. Uh, my teammates, Guy Connor and I, will be doing four uh, big paybacks uh, tomorrow. We have uh, two main events. Uh, actually, I'll be uh, teaming with uh, Danny Mueller. Uh, on oh, yeah. Main, yeah, main event here uh, as well, and also a big payback. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I missed a lot of that last year. So looking to make a comeback this year. Let's get into it, Jay, tonight. First question for you, and we'll we'll pop off. I kind of crafted these questions based on <clears throat> some of the guys that you have grabbed so far on your teams this year. And I'll lead it off with the Bills slot receiver. This was something that we were trying to figure out basically since the NFL draft. Jamison Crowder gets signed. Khalil Shakir gets drafted. Isaiah McKenzie is the holdover. Who do you think wins that slot job for the Bills this year? Yeah, it's got to be Isaiah McKenzie. Like you said, you looked at uh, some of the teams I've already drafted this year. I would venture to say I have uh, McKenzie on 90% uh, of my teams. Uh, he's one was going in 12th, 13th round. He's moved up to the 11th round. Uh, I believe he's going to take that job. He's got a good rapport with uh, Josh Allen. It's the Cole Beasley pos uh, position. He could get over 100 targets easily. He also played out wide. So if there's an injury on the Bills or anything like that, uh, they'll, they'll split him out wide. So I think he's going to be on the field the whole time. Uh, so I think he's going to go on a lot of targets uh, this year. I think he's a great value at where he's going right now. The, the last pick I made in that main event just now in the 18th round, I took Jamison Crowder, not because I think he's going to win the job, but because I value Isaiah McKenzie. And if he were to go down, maybe Crowder could take advantage of that. But it's simply, you know, an injury away type guy with Crowder. Quite frankly, I don't know how successful he'd be um, if he ends up getting that job if McKenzie were to go down. But I'm with you, man. The Isaiah McKenzie hype train is real right now. We look at um, and shout out to Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo at uh, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. 
fantasymojo.com. Right now, Isaiah McKenzie is wide receiver 61. He's moved up to the 12th round, and he is still ascending right now. So I think there's a lot to like about Isaiah McKenzie so far this year. Um, a player that we had, we found out from, I think it was a 49ers beat writer recently, or maybe it was a coach. I can't remember. It's all blurring together at this point, late August. But um, Brandon Ayuk um, was talked up as a potential breakout candidate this year in that uh, 49ers offense. And Jay, as, as we look at the, the mojo on him, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 35, going in the mid-seventh round right now. Is he being undervalued, in your opinion, by high-stakes drafters? To me, I think he is. Yes, I've been grabbing him in the fifth round. I, I like him ahead uh, of Jerry Judy and, and Darnell Mooney. That's my personal preference. Um, but I've been taking him fifth, sixth round, uh, looking for additional wide receivers during the draft. I think he's a, a, a great add, a great last wide receiver tier you can add before you get maybe into that middle round running backs, maybe you know once you get some uh, backups for, for your main run for your main running backs that you drafted earlier. Uh, so yes, definitely, I think he's undervalued. And if you've looked at my drafts, you'll see where maybe you could call it a reach a little bit, but I just like him better than in some of the other wide receivers in, in, in those two rounds, uh, the six and seven. Does this mean, Jay, that you think Debo Samuel in the second round is being overvalued then? I think so. I think I'd rather wait and get, get more value on uh, on IU. You know, is Debo going to get those running back carries this year where he successfully, you know, racked up a lot of fantasy points? I don't think he is. You know, I think it's going to take a lot of injuries in the 49er backfield for Debo to get that chance again. Um, so I'd rather just a second round Debo is just too expensive for me. I'd just rather pick up pick up the value with IU later. You and I are lock and step on that with, with Debo Samuel. I feel like people are paying for his ceiling right now. And I actually almost took Ayuk in the draft. I, I, I just did. I like him this year as well. When you consider the draft value between the two, to me, the easy choice between the Niners receivers Absolutely. is IU. Um, speaking of which, I have seen in the Football Guys Players Championship over the last two to three weeks or so, Justin Jefferson going number one overall. Um, in a couple of drafts, not a bunch, but a couple I've seen him go number one overall. Um, can, can we make the same argument here that Justin Jefferson maybe is, I don't want to say overvalued, but are people forgetting about Adam Thielen uh, in this new Kevin McConnell offense? That I mean, he could be a force this year, and people are letting him slide as, long, as I look up the, uh, the, the mojo on him right now. Adam Thielen is currently a oh, – I just had it here. Sorry. This is horrible radio. Wide receiver 33 at the 609. Is that too late for Thielen? Is this a guy we should be targeting? I think I think the sharp drafters are looking for the next Cooper Cup. Mm -hmm. It can actually be Cooper Cup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. How is Cooper Cup the next Cooper Cup? Because they're looking for that that break that wide receivers that's just going to just slam it, just get right. a, a bunch of, of fantasy points. So the consensus is it's Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's why you see in drafts now Jefferson's being taken before Cup. But I, yeah, I think Cup could just regain his crown again. I mean, he's going right after Jefferson, but they're looking to to uh, actually pick that that one player. So mm -hmm. having said that, Thielen in the seventh round, I think that's where he's going. Yeah. Thielen, I've been grabbing him there as well. Um, I think he's excellent value there. You can't pass that up. He, the, go ahead. Thinking, he's too old. Okay, they they saying he's touchdown dependent, but he's always if staying healthy. He always delivers. I mean, he's always in that 
the top, you know, the, the, the top, the top, not the middle tier, but closer to the top tier wide receivers by the end of the season. Yeah, so, bottom of the top tier and, and top yeah. of the middle tier, essentially, yeah, right. with Thielen. With pretty me, much right there. At the risk of blowing a sleeper for me that I've liked this drafting season so far, also on Minnesota, what about K.J. Osborne, Jay? Do, I mean, love you like K.J. Osborne. You do? I've okay. Been, I've been reaching for him, actually. I, hmm. I see here in a few drafts he went in the 15th round, in the 14th round. I've been grabbing him earlier than that. I think he's just that third, that those third wide receiver uh, pieces on teams with good quarterbacks, good passing games. Um, and, you know, it's an injury away from Osborne breaking out. You know, something did happen to Thiel, and Osborne's right there to pick up those targets. Uh, excellent value. I think Osborne is really going too late in draft. And he's like still- Joshua Palmer to, you know, the Chargers, or but Osborne is, you know, to the Vikings. You know, I mean, it's, you just you just target. You look for that for those uh, for those pieces that can uh, garner you uh, fantasy points, possibly with a with an injury to the start. You know, the two starters that are on the field. Yeah, it's interesting because I just got out of a main event draft here in Kentucky, and I was going to take um, I was going to take Joshua Palmer, um, but uh, the tandem of Kurt Awe, former KFFSC overall main event champ and two packer, Ron Meyer actually took Josh Palmer. So I pivoted and I took KJ Osborne. Then when it came back to Kurt and, and Ron, they tried to take KJ Osborne after they laughed at my KJ Osborne pick, they tried to take him the following round. Didn't really work out. I got him in the 12th. That might've been a little bit early, but in Kentucky, as you know, receivers fly up draft boards more than more so than they do in, in the FFPC and maybe some no, other absolutely. And, and that, that's why I've been and, reaching in those, right. in those around the two early. And Matthew Bingham too. And I'll put I'll put the comments up just again in in the YouTube chat right now. Set up beautifully as high volume wide receiver threes. You don't Absolutely. often see that. And and those are two guys that I think to target. And you know the twelfth round I think is where Palmer's going. And football guys Osborne a few rounds after that they make perfect sense as as guys that that have value as a wide receiver three, but have you know, the potential for even more if Allen, Williams, Thielen, or Jefferson were to go down, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. Add, um, and add, add Isaiah McKenzie to that group there too. Same Isaiah thing. McKenzie's a perfect example. Yeah, that's another one for sure. Um, sh- shifting to running backs here, DeAndre Swift has seen a spike in his value. I would say it happened probably four or five weeks ago. We saw him ascend. Um, I, I saw him go at the 103 or 104, maybe three or four weeks ago um, in a football guys draft. Are you buying him into returning either late first round or early second round value? How do you value DeAndre Swift this year, Jay? Yeah, I am. I mean, 103, 104 is a, is a little I, I, Yeah, not not that. Late first yeah, round. You're giving up round. some uh, good value there. But, yeah, I like him at the end of the third, beginning of the, on the, on the end of the first, beginning of the second. Uh, the Lions, you know, everywhere they, they play from behind, catch up. You know, I think he's going to see a lot of uh, receptions out of the backfield. You know, the, the caveat is, is he going to stay healthy, you know, to return the value in the first or second round where you take him. But, I mean, you could apply that to most of the running backs that yeah. you take first and second round, too. So, uh, um, yeah, I do like him there. I don't think it's a reach. I think, you know, if you want to start off a hero, you know, RB, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a, it's a good start. It's a pass catching back. Um you know, Henry's there. You know, you're looking, you know, you want Henry who doesn't catch passes, Swift. I, I, actually, I would take Swift before Henry in, in that case, especially in PPR league. I would too, for sure. No question. Um, if you draft Swift, are you also drafting Jamal Williams or would you just rather have one or the other? 
in that case, I just stick with uh, Swift because where Jamal Williams going, there's some other RBs that I would rather add um, to my squad. You know, we, talk, go ahead. Go, no, yeah, go ahead. We talked about um, the Bills receivers with with McKenzie and, and Crowder and and Shakir. What what about the running backs? And this is this question is dedicated to Farrell J. Elliott or J. Farrell Elliott, I should say. The guy who says I ask this question every week on this show, and he's right, I do, because I haven't figured it out myself. Who's your favorite Bills running back to have on your team this year when you consider draft capital? Is it James Cook? Is it Zach Moss or is it Devin Singletary? You know, before I came on, Farrell came by. He says, Are you on yet? I said, Well, get ready because Bark Bucky's gonna ask you who's your favorite Bills running back. <laughs> So it's, it's every week. It's every so week. I was kind of prepared for that question. <laughs> yeah. As a result, but uh, it's 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 James Cook uh, yeah. by far. The Bills purposely drafted him for his skill set there. Um, you know, he's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Uh, he's looking good in camp. You know, preseason. So uh, yeah, he would he would definitely be my favorite. The only question is I have with him is, you know, to use his skill set. How many? games how many times are the, are the bills going to be behind in a game oh where yeah they really, where, where they really can utilize that it's the only question i have on cook you know but in the injury away if something happens to singletary certainly he could be he could be a three down back i know they still have zach moss there so uh you know where you're getting him he's starting to move up as well i see in drafts uh but certainly he's by far uh, my favorite bill uh running back when it comes to the later rounds is zach moss worth a draft pick in like the 18th, 19th round, or 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 is it just somebody that you're you're done with? You're not drafting this year. No, it's funny you brought that up. I'm taking Zach Moss shots at the end of drafts because in the FFPC you get a free look. That's true. Uh, Thursday night football. You get a free Absolutely. Look. Thursday night football. You know, it kicks off. You know, he you could put him in, and you get you could get him in the 20th round, 19th round easily, and and he's a, he's a Buffalo Bill. He's a, you get a piece of the the Buffalo Bill backfield. Talking to a longtime high stakes champion, uh, Jay Reed at Packers one five three on Twitter. Um, let's talk about um, injury away running backs because Rashad White's value spiked when Leonard Fournette's weight reportedly spiked earlier in the offseason at at minicamp, and now Fournette's cut that weight. Rashad White's still there. Um, is he among your favorite mid round running backs to to grab when you're looking for a guy who is going to have massive value if the guy in front of him gets hurt? Is Rashad White one of those targets for you? Yeah, absolutely. If if you draft Fournette in your in the second round, or if you're lucky to get him in the third, you certainly have to reach for Rashad White to back him up. You know the the old saying is, well, you don't draft your your running back backups; you draft you know other players back up. But this is the case. I think it's an exception to the rule. If you have Fournette on your squad, you definitely need to add Rashad White. Uh, a, a great talent. I mean, you see some of the uh, catches he's making in practice. Uh, you know, he's had a great camp. You know, Fournette goes down. I think he could be a league winner. You know, it's Brady yeah. likes to Brady likes to, to throw to his backs out of the backfield. So, um, I guess if you've been looking at my draft, you've seen me. I have done that. You know, he's been in there a few times. Yeah, he's been there a few times for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I draft Fournette, and then I'd go and grab White. Um, question, question from the YouTube chat right now. Trevor Holt, who's going to be drafting out here this weekend, a long time, very successful Kentucky player. He wants to know where Damian Pierce, where have you seen Damian Pierce going today uh, in drafts? And the one I think I just got done, I think I want to say he went like mid-seventh, somewhere around there. 
Um, and I, I feel like, Jay, as the weekend grows deeper here and we get into not only the auction we're doing later tonight, I know there's a Midnight Madness uh, uh, draft tonight as well, um, and then drafts all day Saturday and Sunday. What's the potential for Damian Pierce to move up to the maybe the early seventh, maybe sneaking into the sixth, perhaps even the late fifth? Is that a possibility for Damian Pierce this weekend at the KFFSC, in your opinion? I think by Vegas, he might be in the fourth. Um, you know, you're you're talking about a guy that's, that looks like he's uh, he's won the backfield um, in Washington. There's bad news coming out, you know. Uh, hey, you know, I... I think uh, I think Pierce, I think Pierce is the guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and this is an ascended talent, and he and he certainly could be could be hyped up for the fourth round by by uh, Planet Hollywood uh, for the yeah, Houston, not, not 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 the, not not the Commanders in, in Houston, Daniel Pierce. Right. Yes. He's, exactly. Yeah, he's he's one. I think he's won that role, and uh, I think he's going to start moving up in drafts, and I. I in February, we drafted here in the KFFSC yep. in the 15th. Um, we got him in the 15th, 16th round back then, and now mm -hmm. uh, up a, from what I see in the sixth, sixth round here. So crazy value. That's why you draft early, uh, for sure. Um, another question from a fan of the show, Kevin Williamson, in the YouTube chat right now. He wants to know what's up with Albert Okaweponam in in Denver. Are we a believer in Okaweponam? Are we a believer in Dulcich? Is it a situation to stay away from? How have you been treating Mr. Albert O uh, for the Denver Broncos in drafts this year, Jay? Have you been targeting him or just grabbing him if he falls to you, or just ignoring him? I have I have Albert O in a couple of leagues. Um, you know. I think drafters started to get worried a little bit because he played, uh, you know, through the whole game into the fourth quarter um, there in Denver. And uh, I, he's, he's fallen a little bit uh, since then. I think he's a good ad. There's other tight ends uh, in that area, such as, you know, Cole Komet. I like him a little bit more. But uh, I think Albert Ho with Albert Ho with Russell Wilson, you know, I think he's going to have a good year. I mean, that was explained by the coach, you know, him saying yeah. that they didn't have the tight end so that he had to play the whole game. So you take it, you know, at face value. So if that's the case, he, he might move up and start moving up again. What about the uh, commander's backfield? I, I mean, I just got out of a draft where Antonio Gibson finally went in the late ninth round. Um, obviously, J.D. McKissick is going to soak up passing targets there. And then you have the rookie, Brian Robinson, who might be the favorite for early down carries there. Well, how do you treat the, this commander's backfield in your drafts, Jay? Who who have you been picking out of that uh, out of that running back core? That's a tough one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with the bad news, like I said earlier, uh, in era, there's bad news coming out for Gibson uh, in, in Washington. There, uh, McKissick, we know who he is. He's your PPR back. You know what he's going to get you. But I think it's Brian Robinson's job. Um, from you know, what we're hearing, I think he's he's the guy to draft. And as a result, if you look at the draft boards, he's moving up as well. You know, I used to get him in the 12th, 13th round. Now he's moving up into the ninth, sneaking into the ninth and 10th round. He may be another guy uh, that's going to be moving up uh, as we get close to Vegas as well. Um, we haven't talked uh, tight ends a lot. I want, I want to talk about Mo Alley-Cox in Indianapolis. Now, I know they drafted the rookie out of Virginia, and he's kind of let a lot of people down uh, with his performance so far. Um, but Mo Alley-Cox is there, and so is Matt Ryan. Um, so Mo Alley-Cox, tight end premium format, like the Football Guys Players Championship, like the FFPC main event. Is Mo Alley-Cox, could he be a difference maker as far as depth goes for your tight ends? 
I think he is. I think it's his job to lose right now. I mean, he is the bona fide tight end there, like you like you stated. Matt Ryan's there. I mean, he's made a Hall of Famer out of Tony Gonzalez. He loves throwing to the tight end. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think, yep, I mean, I, 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 I've picked him up in the 20th round and 19th round at times. So uh, I, th- I think he's good to go. I think he's a great value of where he's going now. He's actually almost the, the last tight end pick uh, in most drafts if you look at the, if you look at the draft boards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we look at, we'll get his mojo here uh, real quick. Mo Ali Cox, tight end 34, going at the 18-10. Um, he's going behind guys like Adam Troutman, Tyler Conklin, who's actually picking up a little bit of steam over the last week or so. Jonu Smith, another guy who's rising up a little bit. And these are all super late tight ends. Cameron Braid, it's weird because, Jay, he initially, his value spiked or his draft capital spiked when Rob Gronkowski t- uh, retired. And now he's been slowly dropping down. And I'm not really sure why. Can you shed any insight on why people don't like Cameron Braid? Yeah, I don't understand why. I mean, he's I picked him up once, I think, or twice in the draft. I just, just pure value alone, looking for maybe a third tight end or so. But I, I don't get it. I'm, I mean, in the games last year, Brady looked, you know, for Brady, especially in the end zone, in the red zone area. So I don't understand why he's dropping like that. I really don't have an answer for that. But there's a lot of things. You and me both. We don't know. Yeah, (laughs) we both like him. (laughs) A lot of things, maybe because of the receivers that they have now, and Julio Jones coming in, and maybe you know he's not going to go to him as much. But uh, he's certainly a a good value late in drafts as well. Uh, Tony Holt popping in in the uh, YouTube chat right now. He wants to know your thoughts on cuffing Dalvin Cook with Alexander Madison. Now I'm going to tell you this right now. I didn't have the opportunity to do it, and I'm probably. I'm probably giving away some strategy here for many, many years, Jay, I have always tried to handcuff my elite running backs. If, if the handcuff was had talent and was going to be the guy gone out of my way to do it. Sometimes I, the last year or so I have dropped that philosophy today. I didn't really have the opportunity or the draft I just did. I didn't really have the opportunity to cuff because I took Aaron Jones as my top running back. And then I think Elijah Mitchell is my second. I am more, but I, I pegged, Peg Chris Evans late. I pegged Joshua Kelly, Kenneth Gamewell, like all these other potential handcuffed guys. Those are the guys I went after because when you're trying to win at $25,000 uh, grand prize to the KFFC main event, if you want to do that, I feel like you increase the variance when you go for other people's cups rather than your own. You may have a different philosophy when it comes to that with Dalvin Cook. When you draft Cook, are you also looking for Madison late because you've seen him do it before and you know his the investment on getting him in drafts is, is fairly low? Um, well, I brought that early up with Fournette and, and Rashad White. Yep. You know, that's an exception to the rule, basically, that you just stated. Uh, for me, with Cook, no, I'm not pursuing uh, Alexander Madison. And it, it always tends uh, that, that that Cook drafter is looking to get Madison in a certain round. And he usually grabs him. Sometimes he's sniped and he's not. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's one case where, you know, I, now it's a different offense, a different uh, coaching in Minnesota, you know, usually with Madison, it turned into a committee after Cook went in. Yeah. He had Boone there, you know, he didn't know. So we don't know if that's going to happen this year. And Tyson Chandler has been looking really good in preseason yeah, too. You know, absolutely. So, you know, when you look for, for a handcuff and you're trying to handcuff your own, you got to make sure it's it, it, that, that, that handcuff is going to get the playing time. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the main back. That's the exception to the rule as far as backing up your own you know, number one or number two uh, uh, running back that you pick in the earlier rounds. 
Um, so what the normal question, I the normal final question Farrell asks, I'm going to ask you right now, one player that you want to make sure you try to get on all your teams this year, and then another player, you know, whether it be Kentucky, Vegas, online, whatever, that you don't want to have anything to do with this year, opposite ends of the spectrum, Jay, who are those two players for you? Well, you might know the answer to that, but that's George Pickens. Mm. George Pickens for me. I think I have like 80% share of George Pickens. But remember, I was getting him in the like 13th, 12th round earlier. Uh, now he's moving up slowly because he's having a great preseason. And every time he caught passes and touchdowns, I'm like, oh, no, 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 stop. <laughs> stop, don't do it. Because I knew at that yeah. point he would be right. Now, is it hype? Could be. Could be hype. And that's maybe why he's moving up. But I like I like. Pickens there in Pittsburgh. He's had a great preseason. Uh, I, I don't, we don't know exactly who the quarterback's going to be, but I think he's going to get his fair share of targets. And, and if anything, if they're going to go long to him uh, a number of times in a game. So you only need one hookup for maybe a 12 or 15 point, you know, hookup fantasy points uh, with Pickens. But I, that's 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 the player that I've been targeting in that round. Well, now you got to target him in the ninth round. Yeah, that's a thing, especially Kentucky. Yeah, you just did a draft. I don't know where exactly where he went, but I'm sure he went in the ninth or tenth. Yeah, it was somewhere around there. Player, hmm, a player that I don't have on any of my teams, I would say, would be Amari Cooper. Mm, and, okay. And the reason, my reason, my personal opinion is no, no Deshaun Watson for 11 weeks. And, you know, the quarterback's situation there, I, I just don't see it. From where he's going in drafts right now, I don't think it's a good value. That's just my opinion. You know, he continues to go there. He seems to be pretty solid, uh, but I've passed him just about in every draft I've done so far. Um, our man Matthew Bingham wants to know, um, when you talk about Pickens, who do you want to win the quarterback job in Pittsburgh for Pickens' value? Is it Pickett? Is it Trubisky? Who, do you, who are you rooting for there as a heavily invested Pickens owner? I think Trubisky's going to start. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll see how he does. I like Kenny Pickett, strong arm. I think by the time the season ends, Pickett's going to take the helm. Uh, but uh, my opinion, I think either one will do well. Now, Trubisky may run more, you know, and take some possible targets away from his receivers. So if I had to stake my my money on one of them, I think I'd go with Pickett. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, fair enough. And so, yes to Pickens, no to Cooper. Final question here for you, Jay, before we let you go enjoy your weekend in Kentucky. You kind of already touched on this. The player that you think high-stakes fantasy football players are falling all over themselves to draft, the guy who's going to ascend most, the guy who's going to be hyped up most when we're drafting live at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks, who is that player going to be? You said before Damian Pierce could go as high as the fourth round. Is there another guy that perhaps could rival that sort of meteoric rise? I think by the time uh, we get to Vegas, it's going to be Damian Pierce and Brian Robinson. And let me Ooh, tell you, yeah. let me tell you why. When you get to Vegas, you're going to get your fair share of zero RB drafters. And they're going to be hitting those first five, six receivers in a row. And then they're going to turn to get their running backs. And that's exactly where uh, Damian Pierce and uh, Brian Robinson are going to be. Now, the trick is... You have to get there before they do. That's sort of defensive drafting. So if you can pick them up, you know, build your team and turn and grab them before them, you know, they'll probably uh, be a little bit upset. 
But I think both of those players are definitely going to continue to rise, and I think they're, they're targets of the zero RB. And you always have at least two, maybe three, zero RB uh, drafters. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vegas, you know, soaking up all those wide, uh, wide receivers first. So yeah. Those, those would be my two selections, definitely. I'm not going to say what everybody refers to those guys as. But yeah. I'm just calling them, just calling them <laughs> P boys. And the yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I was going to say it, but I think this is a, a G, uh, G rating. Yeah. Ship. YouTube frowns on that word, I think. So we're going to stay away from it. <laughs> um, we will not stay away from you. This was great insight that you offered tonight, Jay. Uh, we will continue to follow you on Twitter at Packers153. I will see you the rest of this weekend here in Kentucky. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, making do with the, the little late technical switch we had, which I appreciate. Yeah. And and uh, good luck, man, this weekend. We're, we're all rooting for you, and, and I'll see you in Vegas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Balky. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Uh, Jay Reed, ladies and gentlemen, at Packers153 on Twitter, a former champion of the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC main event, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, and many, many high-stakes uh, satellite leagues as well. Let's bring in our second guest uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen. She's never been on the show before. She's making her debut. She's crushed many a league in the KFFSC before. You've seen her in the FFPC draft rooms as well. And I, I should know this, but I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to bring her on right now. First of all, it's the incomparable Stacy Perez, <laughs> Esquire. Is it an Esquire? Can I say Esquire? Stacy Perez, Esquire? You, ab- you absolutely can. <laughs> hey, Balky. Um, Thank what you is so your, much for it, having me. You're very welcome. We're ha- happy to have you. What's your Twitter handle again? Is it just at Stacy Perez? No, it's actually at Stacy Danielle 10. Stacy Danielle 10. Okay, there you yep. go. Uh, fantastic. And I know this because you are you are a fan of the show. We are a fan of you yeah. here at the HSFFR. You're constantly retweeting. You're oh. constantly liking. We appreciate that for sure. Um, tell you. the listeners, uh, when you are not winning all these Kentucky leagues, uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship leagues, um, what you are doing for a living. Well, so I am from Tampa Bay, or as we like to call it, Champa Bay down there. Tampa Bay, yeah. Exactly. And I'm a family law attorney. Family law attorney gives you the opportunity to mix and match your schedule so you can study um, high stakes fantasy football ADP and read up on all these players at your leisure. And it's probably part of the reason that you're able to win a lot of these leagues that you have been over the last few years. Oh, it gives me the, the flexibility to be able to come do fun things like this over the week and go to Vegas. And so I'm so grateful that I have that opportunity uh, to work for myself and do that and uh, be able to participate in awesome stuff like this. Yeah, and Tupac and I are very thankful for our, you giving us a ride from the airport in Louisville today uh, to the casino. You got it. We're, we're indebted for that. Um, so let's let's talk about um, Chiefs running backs. As, as you yeah. know, um, given that we are a fantasy football podcast and given it is August 2022, I make this joke a lot, but it's true, we are contractually obligated to talk about the Chiefs backfield, specifically Isaiah Pacheco. Um, is there a favorite that you have um, in the Chiefs' backfield this year? Is it Pacheco? Is it Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Is it McKinnon? Is it somebody else? How have you been treating the Chiefs' running backs, and how do you plan on treating the Chiefs' running backs in your drafts this weekend at, at uh, the KFFSC? Well, I think you said it. I mean, there's so many names there. There's CEH, there's McKinnon, there's possibly Ronald Jones, and then we've got Pacheco coming in. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, I don't really love that backfield. You know, and, and the hype with Pacheco, I understand it, you know, just from the preseason. Um, but it just makes me a little hesitant to go with that just because, you know, you've got so many other guys there, so many other established guys, um, you know, and then you have a rookie, a later round draft pick, um, you know, coming in. I just don't know that I'm buying the hype on him just yet. 
And it's, it, I think Darren Armani had this tweet um, yesterday. I think he tweeted out that, that we have, may have seen the, the, I, I, I was going to say plateau of Pacheco, but now he's slipped a little bit. So maybe it was a peak eighth, ninth yeah. round, maybe a week or so ago, we saw him playing into the fourth quarter against the Packers last night. Um, and this is a player. It's so weird because we, we made such a big deal out of this and not, not we like you lumping you into this, but the high stakes fantasy football industry made such a big deal about Pacheco playing with the starters in preseason week two, where he came in, you know, near the goal line and, mm-hmm. and got a carry inside the five. We made such a big deal out of that. But now we, we have to kind of flip the script knowing that if we're going to apply that rubric to um, why we like him, don't we have to apply the same rubric? Like this guy was playing with third stringers in the fourth quarter last night in a meaningless preseason game. So I think, and, and that's exactly. what and we saw, I think the draft I was just in, he went like late 10th, early 11th, something like that yeah. uh, today. So I, I think that now Pacheco might become a buy for me this weekend if he continues to fall. But right now I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm finding other guys uh, that I like. Yeah. Better. I think that's right. If he falls, then I'm more than willing to take a shot on him. But I think if he's going a little bit higher in draft, I just don't know that I'm there yet. One of the guys that I contemplated, um, I went heavy wide receiver. I think I took five receivers in the first six picks tonight. So I was trying to build my running backs late. And one mm-hmm. of the guys I considered was Tony Pollard. Now, I didn't take him, but I came close a couple of times because he slipped a little bit. Do you like the draft value for Tony Pollard better than you like the draft value for Ezekiel Elliott? Because I think Pollard is coming up right now, and Elliott's still going down a little bit. Who would you rather have when you consider draft value? Honestly, I think I'd rather have Pollard. I mean, you know, we we got to see Pollard shine a little bit more last year. You know, even though Zeke played so many games, he was still injured and had all those issues. So, you know, I don't really see that role for him, you know, being reduced at all this year. So I think where Pollard's going, I really like him there, you know, especially if you are trying to build up your receivers first and trying to go running back a little bit later. He's mm-hmm. a great value there. And I know I've taken him um, in several drafts pretty late and, and been very happy with that decision. All right. So Stacy, your, your Buccaneers fandom is being que- yeah. not questioned, but we're going to, we're going <laughs> to bring, bring this question in from, from Matthew Bingham here. Um, who's healthy right now for the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay wide receivers. And how does the pecking order shake, shake out if all four are, are healthy and that's, Gage, Jones, Evans, and Godwin. When all four are healthy, how do how do the target how does the target distribution go? Well, I think, you know, when all four are healthy, you know, I think it was exactly what Matthew had put there, where you've got Evans, Godwin, Julio, and then Gage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the question is if they're all going to be healthy. And so, you know, one big concern I've got is with Chris Godwin, you know, coming about from that ACL tear late in the season. You know, that's a big concern, even everybody's saying he's gonna be ready for week one. You just don't know until he gets out there and you know, that's that's a pretty recent injury still. Um, so that would be a big concern with him. But I think that's kind of where that pecking order goes once everybody gets healthy. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see that in, uh, in Tampa down there. And that'll be a great offense to watch, even if uh, Tom Brady gets uh, back from doing the mass Singer or whatever he's doing down there. Um, yeah, it, yeah. So the mass Singer <laughs> thing, I, there, there's some hype to this. And this is one of those things where I'm like, you know, Brady and everybody's poo-pooing that right now. But then when all of a sudden he's revealed – as like the purple alligator with the diamond encrusted necklace or whatever he's going to oh, yeah. show. Then everybody like that, that Reddit guy who found out about exactly. guy or woman who, who discovered this, they're going to be <laughs> lauded as, as a champion of, uh, of, of Tom Brady insight. Um, the Buccaneers in general, they, they lost some mm-hmm. guys in free agency. They lost some guys to injury. Brady hasn't practiced a whole lot in, in the preseason mm-hmm. uh, and, and in training camp. Are you necessarily down on this offense because of any or all those reasons? Well, you know, I think you can count on three things. 
you know, death taxes and Tom Brady is going to be ready when the season comes around, um, whether or not he's out, you know, doing the dancing shows or doing whatever else, you know, is got going on out there. Um, I have no concern with Tom Brady, you know, he's Tom Brady. So he's going to be ready to go day one. And I would have no concern drafting him um, right now at all. And if that mm-hmm. gives other people pause, then even the better, then I'll take him a little bit later too. Um, but, you know, we did lose some, a lot of injuries, uh, not lose a lot of injuries. Sorry. We, you know, we lost a lot of people, especially Ryan Jensen, you know, the center, yeah. that was a big loss. Um, so, you know, that's definitely something to be aware of, but I don't know that I would downgrade the offense um, even with that. I think it's just too good of an offense. Um, and I think they're going to overcome those injuries. I, I will say tonight, one of the big running back sliders early on in that first main event draft I did was Leonard Fournette. Um, that was a guy that that uh, could continue to slide, continue to slide before he was finally picked up. Um, let's shift. Uh, let's go uh, north to New York. Um, is is Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Moore. Elijah <laughs> Mitchell's in San Francisco. That's West. Elijah Moore. Is he the only Jets receiver you're looking at this year? Garrett Wilson fell quite a bit in in the draft I just did, and Corey Davis has sort of been like a fringe, like 17, 18, 19 round guy um is that the way that you would have it do you like davis or or garrett wilson more so than than high stakes fantasy footballers are are doing right now you know not really i just don't know that i'm a big believer in that offense just yet Mm -hmm. i do like um you know i like more i like him a lot he is the only jet player that i am taking right now um in a redraft league i like garrett wilson a lot i like his talent and i think more suited for a dynasty league in my opinion right now um is where i feel more comfortable taking him um, and so, okay, I guess I want to transition here and talk about, um, some injuries, Drake London. Let's start with him mm-hmm. Two, I think it was, I think it was preseason week two, or maybe it was week one. I can't remember. I'm getting it mixed up now. Yeah. He goes down with that injury. Right. And mm-hmm. now it seems that Atlanta is playing, um, very cautious with them right now, not willing to risk him because they need him so much in the regular season. Um, is that what is going on there in your opinion? Or is this injury a little bit more serious than a lot of people are letting on? And maybe you're going to let Drake London slide out of the seventh round and you won't look at him there at his current ADP. Yeah, I, I think it's a knee injury, something like that. Yeah, if, I, yes. if I remember right, the mm-hmm. knee injury. Yeah, so I mean, any kind of injuries like that just make me real nervous taking somebody, especially not knowing exactly the extent of that. So I don't know that I would take him where he's going right now. I might look at other rookies if that's kind of what I'm trying to do, um, you know, with my build. But I think they're right to be concerned, right to be cautious. I mean, he is a rookie. He has missed a lot of time because of that injury. Um, You know, a lot of time just to gel with that offense and kind of get, you know, in the groove of things for the season to start. So if it were me, I I think I might pass on him now, at least unless we, you know, get some more information out over the weekend, um, find out a little bit more about what's going on with with his knee. Yeah, and I mean, you said it too. It's it's not like the Atlanta Falcons are this awesome no. passing offense, right? And right. he is still a rookie. I mean, there is a little bit of a learning mm-hmm. curve. He is missing reps, valuable reps in training camp right now because of the injury. So, and when you look at, and I'll bring up the mojo right now here, uh, Stacy, and, and maybe we can play a quick. Would you rather um, with with Drake London? But you look at the seven twelve. It's like the seven eight turn mm-hmm. is where he's going right now. Would you rather have – okay, let's do this. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or Drake London? Oh, gosh. Um, I, you don't you like know, either I one? I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. Do I have a third Good. option? All right, how about, um, how about this? How about this? How about Drake London or DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, I'd rather have Hopkins for sure. Drake London? At that point – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say it, you know, at that point you've got other receivers, you know, with Hopkins being out those first six games, you're not relying on him to start the season, right. um, but you'll have a, a great receiver coming in, you know, towards that middle of the season. So I would definitely rather have Hopkins. Drake London or Devonte Smith from Philadelphia. Oh, Devonte Smith. Definitely. All right. We're going to, this is going to be fun. Drake <laughs> London. And we're going to go right down the list. Drake London or Kadarius Tony. Ooh. Oh, you know, I mean, Kadarius Tony's got a lot of injury issues too. Um, You know, even though he does hail from my home state, um, I can't be a homer and take him there. So, you know, honestly, I think I'd probably go London at that point. All right. Last one. And this is, this is a guy I drafted and I I actually like him quite a bit, even with Michael Thomas seemingly relatively healthy right now. Um, Drake London or Chris Olave, who would you rather take? Oh, I'm a big Chris Olave fan. So I I like that Saints offense. I like what they're going to do. Um, you know, yeah, even with Thomas there, I mean, you know, and I mean, Thomas, I think has a hamstring issue right now that they're trying to get sorted out. So yeah, I would definitely go Olave. Yeah, me too. Me too as well. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So let's another guy. And this is really, this is what people tuned in for tonight. FFPC, uh, football guys, players championship, tight end premium league. We have to talk Mm -hmm. about tight ends. Darren Wallet. What are we doing with him right now with this hamstring injury? That doesn't seem to go away. Josh McDaniels has asked about this, I think two days ago on Wednesday. And he didn't want to put a timetable on it. I mean, this is like the cr- most crimson of red flags that we can get right now. Um, I was thinking about drafting him tonight, and I'm like, I, I can't do that. as Because if I draft Darren Waller, okay, if I'm drafting Darren Waller in the FFPC, I'm still backing him up with at least one other tight end probably. Mm-hmm. KFFSC, if I sink that kind of draft capital into a tight end that early, I'm probably yeah. not drafting a backup. And you might have to because we don't know if Waller's healthy in week one. What are you doing with Waller this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. If you draft Waller, you know, I, I still consider Waller, you know, with his talent, he is one of the top um, top uh, tight ends, excuse me, top tight ends there. So if I am looking to take a top tight end, he's probably on the lower tier of what I'm looking at. And, you know, with that issue, you know, with the hamstring, we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know right. the extent of it. Just the same, you know, as, as Drake London there, I, I just – to spend that kind of draft capital, like you just said, I think it's just too much for me. I think I would rather prefer, um, you know, a tight end with a little bit more, you know, consistency there, a little bit more, um, you know, health. I know for sure that he's going to be <laughs> yeah healthy and he's going to play. And then also, you know, that you don't have to worry about Hunter Renfro. You don't have to worry about Devontae Adams. You know, uh, my beloved Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, you just love, uh, love that guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I – I think Waller's real talented. I just don't know that I'm spending uh, the draft capital to get him this year. Um, and and I think this gets into a wider discussion, a philosophical discussion on how we handle um, drafting injured players at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship because this was historically, this was always the weekend everybody worried about. It was it used to be yeah. preseason week. Well, it still is preseason week three, but it used to be the dress rehearsal weekend. For, right. And we were always glued, like, okay, what's who's making a play, who's getting hurt, you know, and everything like that. Now we don't necessarily have to worry about that because this is basically the throwaway game where all the young guys, the guys trying to make the 53 man get the most run, um, and then you get the bye week next week. So I think it yeah. changes a little bit, and, and that's good, but it's also bad because we get less information on these injured guys right now. And I don't know mm-hmm. if, if you feel the same way. But I tend to be a little bit more cautious, at least early on in, in the draft, yeah. with players that are hurt right now. Because if they're hurt right now, I'm not going to find out if they're going to be healthy before the start of the season. And that gives me a lot yeah. of work. It does. And the same, and I don't know if you remember this time last year, but this is when that kind of uh, the Baltimore you know, apocalypse happened with all yeah. the running backs. 
everybody went down. Um, so, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you're drafting this weekend and without having more information about guys, you know, it's just why risk it at that point when you can take somebody who's healthy. It's so weird. Like Kentucky has been the the home of so many weird happenings. Um, yeah. with, with this, you had, you think about when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL oh. and Ty Montgomery went from not being drafted in the Saturday morning drafts to being like an eighth round pick Saturday yeah. night, which was crazy. Um, the, the weirdest one was probably whatever it was several years ago now when, and Kevin Williamson, who's in the, in the YouTube chat right now came, I was getting a drink at the bar and he said, Hey, did you, he comes up to me during a break in my draft. He comes up to me and he says, did you hear about Andrew Luck? I said, no, what, what happened? Yeah. Oh, you retired. I'm like, he did not retire. And yeah. then, and I'll remember there, there's, there's these in the ballroom, which we're, which we're in right now, there's these two tiny TVs in, in either corner. And I just remember there was probably about 20 to 25 people around each TV mm-hmm. watching this Andrew Luck retirement press conference. Yeah. So I was being drafted in like the sixth, seventh round earlier in the day. And now he's retired. And, oh, and this it was is, wild. It, it, it's so bizarre. The stuff that happens on yeah. this weekend. I was drafting. I was in the middle of a draft when we got the news and Andrew Luck retired. And the guy next to me, I think I was in the 11th spot. He was in the 12th spot. He had taken Andrew Luck a couple of rounds before that. Yeah. And I get that my phone goes off. I get the little alert. I look over. I see Andrew Luck retired. And I just looked at him and was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I remember people who did that. And then, like, the 20th round, 19th round, there, I think it was Jacoby Brissett, right, that they were drafting yeah, I think as, so. as the replacement, um, which is so <laughs> weird that we're seeing – Teams draft two quarterbacks in the same team in a twenty-round main event. It was it was crazy, and that, crazy. That's, yeah. that's what makes Kentucky so much fun. All right, um, let's get let's get onto this. This is the feral question I'm asking. I asked Jay, yeah. a reader, this earlier. Um, mm-hmm. One player that you're trying to get on all your teams this year because you love where he's going, you love his talent, and you love his uh, potential fantasy production. And then the opposite of that guy, a guy that you don't want to have anything to do with, a guy who will not be on any of your rosters this year, Stacy. So uh, we'll start off with uh, the first one that I want everywhere is Damian Pierce. Mm. And I just love where he's going. I love the opportunity he's got. You know, he's being treated as a starter. I think that's pretty much the consensus that he is going to start in Houston. Um, You know, look, you may not want to watch a Houston game. It may not be pretty, but I think you're going to like the points that he puts up at the end of the day. Um, You know, he's only got Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack to contend with. I just, I mean, if you can get a starting running back, in the round that he's going in, I don't know why you wouldn't take him. Mm-hmm. So he's he's definitely my guy. Um, now, the one that I really don't have any any shares of at all yet, and I probably won't, and this might be a little bit of a hot take, and I, I may regret this later. Ooh, we love hot takes on this show. We love it. <laughs> we love it. Is that uh, Javante Williams. I, mm. I, I like Javante Williams. I think he's a great running back, but I just can't take him in the second round with where he and Melvin Gordon were doing a timeshare last year you know, almost equal, if not right at equal, I think. And, and you know, Melvin Gordon's back this year. So I know we have a new coach there. You know, maybe things will change. Maybe they'll use them a little bit differently. But I just don't think that I can take him, take Javante Williams in the second round, knowing that I could get Melvin Gordon a lot later for a lot cheaper, who potentially could have the exact same impact. And if, if Williams gets hurt, um, Gordon right. will not be a stiff. You know, he's he's going to put up exactly. numbers in that offense for sure. Um, all right. So so sometimes we have seen the trends for Vegas being set at the center of the fantasy football universe here this weekend, which is in right outside mm-hmm. Louisville, Kentucky, here in uh, Elizabeth, Indiana. What player do you think 
as the weekend grows on, we get deeper into the weekend here. What player do you think everybody's going to be, you know, um, we always see this too where, oh, this guy, he took this guy in the sixth round. So now I got to take him in the fifth round, the next draft. And then that guy's like, I got to take him in the fourth round. Is there a player in Kentucky this weekend that that's going to happen to? Who is going to be the biggest hype guy this weekend? So I think this weekend, and I've been seeing it all throughout my drafts, um, you know, just leading up to this weekend, is um, Alan Lazard. You know, really? I mean, with Devontae Adams leaving, you know, there's that hole there. You know, they've got to fill it somehow. And I just really think that given that he's been there the last few years, he's got Rogers Trust, which is huge in Green Bay. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers trusts you, you're going to get the ball. And I really think that, you know, I think was Lazard going around in the sixth round, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I could absolutely see, you know, people trying to take him as early as possible to get, you know, a number one wide receiver potentially in that later round is a huge deal. So, I, you know, I know they've got some rookie guys there, and I'm a big fan of Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. But, you know, we all know Roger's history with rookies. And mm-hmm. I think if he's got a guy he can trust in Lazard, I think that's who he's going to go to. I'll tell you this. Um, Aaron Rodgers came out, I think, earlier this week, and he said, there is going to be a standard that Romeo Dobbs is being held to this year that previous rookie receivers have not been held to. Think about Jordy Nelson. Think about James mm-hmm. Jones, Greg Jennings, yeah. you know, all these guys uh, that you know, over the years, Devontae Adams is another one. To me, that, that standard exists because there is not, there is not a Jordy Nelson or a Devontae yeah. Adams, really anybody that in their prime. Mm-hmm. And Lazard is a good pick, and he's been rising. Obviously, I I, yeah. I, I brought this up in the show, but like two weeks ago, football guys draft. He went in the in, that I was commissioning. He went in the second round, second round for Alan Lazard. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, that that's oh my that, gosh, that's, that's the really that's that is really aggressive. Um, yeah. And I don't think I could. I don't. I don't think most cheeseheads could pull that off in their draft. No, but it happened. But I will say that that from what I have read and heard. It sounds like Rodgers wants the three receivers and three receiver sets to be Lazard, Cobb, and Sammy Watkins, and not mm-hmm. Dobbs yet. I saw the report today that Marquez Valdez-Scantling sort of fell out of favor with Rodgers because of some mental errors where he was running the wrong mm-hmm. routes, and that's why Rodgers yeah. is putting such an emphasis on both Dobbs and Watson mm-hmm. being in the right place at the right time. He's, I don't want to turn this into right. a Packers thing, but Rodgers has <laughs> said athletically, physically, he knows these guys are going to make plays. It's the mm-hmm. mental things, running the route the right way, being in the right spot at the right time. That's what's important to him. That's what's what this offense is predicated mm-hmm. on. Watson yeah. is not going to do that this year. He's just too no. long, and he's missed some time in training camp. Dobbs right. maybe at the end of the season, but I think we're you cannot underestimate the learning curve. And if you're going to underestimate yeah. the learning curve, you're not going to get Lazard, and other people are going to benefit, like you, Stacey, who are taking Lazard right. at the right spot. And it's not the sexiest pick in the world, but it's going to get the job right. done. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you have been a delight on this show tonight. Oh. We certainly appreciate it. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. We will follow you, Stacy Danielle Ten, on Twitter. Yes, please. Um, and uh, we, I, I, I don't know. I think Kevin Williamson said, um, "I hope you're not in any of my drafts this weekend." Same thing with me. <laughs> I don't want you in any of my drafts because it's oh. going to lower my odds for success rate this no. weekend. But if it is, if you are, we will have some fun, and it's going to be a great time. We'll have a blast, um, absolutely. And it was a blast having having you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for being a part of the program, yeah. and I will hang out with you later this weekend. Absolutely. Bucky, thanks again so much. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Stacy. You. you bet. Stacy Perez, ladies and gentlemen, at Stacy Danielle 10 on Twitter. Uh, and that will complete tonight's show. We do. It's going to be – I feel like the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship – 
show is always a little bit abbreviated um, every single year because um, immediately after the show, I have to strike down and get ready for the uh, the auction um, that goes on at uh, 8.30 here Eastern time, uh, which is going to be the case tonight. So with that, um, one of the things we have done historically on this program, two things. Number one is uh, the Ascendant. We always revealed the Ascendant. Um, we kind of got away from that because Ascendance, it really wasn't the right term for it anymore. So we switched it, I think, about two or three years ago to the Hype Guide. And I think I, I asked both Jay and Stacy who their hype guys are in not, in not so many words uh, tonight. And we've heard several um, answers to the question. We've heard um, Brian Robinson. We've heard George Pickens. We've heard Damian Pierce. We've heard um, uh, uh, the one that uh, Stacy just said that's, that's escaping me right now. Al Lazard is, is, is a guy that, that could be uh, rising up in drafts. For me... And I'll, I'll answer this in sort of Vegas terms, the FFPC, Planet Hollywood. I don't think we can accurately gauge how high stakes owners are going to treat Gabriel Davis in drafts. This is a player we have already heard. His run blocking is sublime. He might be on the field for more snaps than Stefan Diggs. And I know we don't want to overrate what he did in the postseason last year, but he did catch four touchdowns. In the AFC champion or the uh, AFC divisional playoff against the Chiefs, um, he caught four touchdowns again, 200 yards. He did do that. I mean, you could poo-poo it if you want, but that just did happen. Um, and for a guy like him, who has been slowly closing the gap between the ADP of him and Stephon Diggs, I think there's it's fair to wonder what what Gabe Davis is capable of and what high stakes owners are going to be capable of when they're drafting live at Planet Hollywood. My hype guy this year. Um, is is not somebody that was mentioned on the program tonight. But I think for me, it's Gabriel Davis. And I think we could see some crazy stuff when we get to Vegas, um, as we always do every time. And if you want to draft live in Vegas, I'll bring it up right now, ladies and gentlemen. I think that we are running very, very low on live spots out at Planet Hollywood. If you've already booked your room and you're looking for more action, we have three draft times still open out there on both Thursday, Friday, or on all three of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You can draft live out in Las Vegas, but you can also draft from the comfort of your own home each and every day until the start of the NFL season. A $1 million grand prize at stake in the FFPC main event, a season-long fantasy football industry record. You can draft for that right now, Um, and we'll have at least three draft times every day. On the weekends, we'll have more than three draft times as well. Uh, so make sure you're taking advantage of that. The Football Guys Players Championship going off, $500,000 grand prize, at least a dozen, 15, 20. We'll probably get some uh, the draft-a-thon coming up next week, and we'll probably have some days where you get 40, 50 drafts uh, out on, on one day. So you won't have to wait long for that. Take your shot at a $500,000 grand prize. Remember, if you've already signed up for two Football Guys drafts, you will get a $50 discount on the third one as well. Um the best ball tournament still going strong. $125 can win you 200 grand in the FFPC best ball tournament. A $35 entry fee can win you a $10,000 grand prize in the Superflex best ball tournament too. Dynasty startup still going on, although starting tomorrow, it's just going to be 60 second clocks. So you can still participate in fantasy football year round if you want to join in those. And if you like the closed 12 team leagues as well, don't forget that we have um, plenty of action there in the varsity format, the Terminator format classic, best ball, uh, whatever you'd like. There's a league for you at the FFPC. And remember, while you may not have made it to Louisville, or maybe you did make it to Louisville and you're watching this getting ready to hang out with me uh, tomorrow and Sunday, um, 
there are plenty of online main events as well going on at kffsc.com. Take your shot at a $25,000 grand prize in the 20th annual KFFSC. It's uh, so much fun. And that will complete our program tonight. A couple of shout outs and a couple of programming notes I, I want to make everybody aware of before we sign off tonight. Uh, number one, um, this will be our last show until the start of the NFL season. We are off next Friday uh, because uh, we are busy covering the uh, Labor Day Draftathon with the Football Guys Players Championship. The charity will be announced on that shortly in the FFPC mailer. So make sure you're looking up for that, what we're donating the money to this year. Um, no show the following week because we're busy with the live events out at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. We won't have a live show then. Um, the following week, the Friday after week one, we will be back at our normal time at 10, 9 central. Farrell Elliott joining me on the program and another high stakes fantasy um, uh, 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 magnet. <laughs> we'll be magnet, not magnet. We'll be joining the show tonight or uh, the Friday the 16th, which will be our next live show on this. Um, channel we will i shouldn't say we will we might have another live main event draft coverage i don't know if i'll be doing it it might be uh our, our boy uh aiden who's doing fantastic work with the ffpc right now our boy our man in and then uh, dave terpoli as well I, nothing in the works right now that's cemented but we might have one of those coming up as well so make sure you're hitting that notification bell so you know when we're coming up live again remember to like subscribe and share we certainly appreciate that and with that that is a wrap on the preseason uh, episodes of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We'll be back on September 16th. I'm going to get ready for this auction. Good luck in all your drafts this year. Hopefully you bring home a lot of change, a lot of ching, a lot of cash, a lot of Cosba, a lot of cheese this year. And hopefully um, the guests we brought on the show will uh, help you do that. Thank you so much, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. <laughs>Thank some other people. I want to thank Jay Reed. I want to thank Stacey Perez for coming on. Farrell Elliott, of course, who brings you the KFFSC every year, the co-host of the show. I want to thank the KFFSC, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. And a special shout out to Chad Schroeder, who graciously was drafting next to me tonight in, in my main event, who graciously offered to pick my kicker defense for me so I could start this show on time. Thank you, Chad. I am forever indebted. That is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Good luck in all your drafts. Really appreciate you watching, and we'll talk with you again on September 16th. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.